0: Hey everyone, welcome to Huron Chapel. We're so glad you could join us for this podcast series called Follow, an invitation to an abundant life. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and please feel free to share this with your friends. Enjoy today's podcast. Good morning, everyone. Yes, keep Pastor Mark and Pastor Ernest in your prayers as they are in Stoville. Oh, Pastor Ernest, you're back! (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, good to have you back. Super. Well, thank you, Andrew. And uh, Joel, thank you for that as well. And thank you, worship team, and everybody f- for joining in this morning as we let ourselves to God's presence to receive the message this morning. So to begin this morning's message, what I want you to do is I'm going to have you do this little exercise. Hold up two hands like this. Now pretend with me that in the right hand, there's contentment, there's joy, there's peace, there's wisdom, knowledge, uh, direction for life, love for yourself and love for others, unspeakable joy, and at the end of life, an eternity with God. And then the left hand, there's, let's pretend it holds all the money, power, and success, popularity that the world has to offer. And without any of what this right hand holds, so you can put your hands down. The fact is when we choose to follow Jesus as Lord, we receive what I described was in our right hand. We don't have to pretend because God gives to us freely. But he does allow us to decide what we treasure. In Matthew 6:21 it says, "Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be." So please open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. If you're using a chair Bible, you're going to want to turn to page 804. Give you a moment because we want to make sure everybody this morning is digging into God's Word. So if you've got an app, use your app. Uh, This is one of my favorite verses for a few reasons. Firstly, if you have a red-letter Bible, you know that these these words were spoken by Jesus himself. Secondly, Jesus gave us this command with a promise. It's one of those amazing verses that when we read it, we can make it our own because it tells us if we do this he will do that so let's read Matthew 6 33 but seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well now that's good stuff but wait a minute what does it mean to seek his kingdom and what are all these things but let's not stop there because when this was written it wasn't written with chapter numbers and verse numbers in there so let's continue and read what was being communicated. It says, therefore, now that therefore is accordingly, consequently. These things being so, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble to worry about. That word therefore bridges verses 33 and 34 to complete what was being communicated. That we need not worry about Things that pass away, but rather seek what lasts for eternity. Now as parents, we influence our children in so many ways. Our influence can be either positive or negative, for good or for evil. Mark Twain wrote, When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to be in the same room with him. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Now, you young teens, you want to listen to the wise words of Mr. Twain there. It takes time for children to appreciate their parents' advice. And King David desired to influence his son Solomon to follow God's ways. I believe that David's influence was an important reason that when God asked Solomon what can I give you, ask, in 1 Kings 3, five. It was what David spoke to Solomon, what we're about to read, what he spoke to him, that influenced Solomon's answer to God's question of him. Now, even if you're here today and you're new to being in church and you're new to learning the Bible, the likelihood is high that you've heard of Solomon, King Solomon, as being the wisest and the richest man to have ever lived. And that is because he answered God's question by humbly asking for a discerning heart, to distinguish between right and wrong, not for himself, but so he could lead and govern God's people according to God's ways. So God blessed him with great wisdom and great riches. Let's open to 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, on page 280 on the Chair Bible, if you can find that. This is where we read the final words of King David spoken to his son, Solomon, before passing away. Now, there were some things he wanted to say, some advice he wanted to give, some directions he desired for his son to follow before he could die in peace. Things that might help his son avoid wasting his life. So 1 Kings 2-4, to when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I'm about to go all the way of earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man, And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. And that promise was, if your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. Now, it's time this morning for an ancient language word study. I know you're also very excited this early. Now, as so that statement is what's known as a Hina clause. It is a purpose clause used in conjunction with a subjunctive participle. Everybody still with me? Okay. I'm not pretending to be smarter than I am. I had to research this to, to teach you as well. Any English majors out there? No? Because they get this kind of stuff. It's Greek to me, and actually it's Hebrew. So, um, <laughs> Subjunctive participle sets the mood of a sentence. It indicates the possibility or probability that something might happen. In Scripture, these words are words like may and might. An example of this would be, I might eat dinner with you if I feel like it. Whether I eat dinner with you depends on how I feel. So I may or may not eat with you. But when a hena clause is used, a so that clause, together with a subjunctive participle, which is may or might, it changes sentence structure from a possibility or probability to one of purpose and one of result. I brought dinner, so you know with certainty we will have dinner together. It's a promise. That's a hena clause, and there's power in knowing this. It's often in the little things we skim over in the scriptures that we can find great hidden truths. So back to the message now. Notice David didn't tell Solomon to build up his kingdom with armies or to get wealth from other lands. Instead, David said, follow God and obey him. In other words, David told Solomon to live a life of faith. David said, be strong and show yourself a man. Now he's not telling his son to get to the gym, hit the weights, the directive is not about being physically strong and the his duck dynasty beard. It's not about looking like a man. He wanted Solomon to be strong. He wanted him to be a man. And these were common instructions throughout Scripture. And I've just got a few. Uh, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter thirty one, verses six to eight and then twenty-three, Moses tells Joshua, Be strong and courageous when Joshua is about to take over the leadership of Israel. And in Joshua chapter one, verse seven, the Lord tells Joshua to be strong and courageous, which is a parallel instruction to what we read David giving to Solomon. Now, if you're following in the sermon notes, you want to fill in the blanks. To be strong means to faithfully carry out your responsibility to the Lord. Even when there is danger and unfavorable circumstances, do not give in to fear or hopelessness. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the Apostle Paul gave these same instructions. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And once again in his letter to those in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, Paul wrote, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. God's word would not call for us to be strong if carrying out our responsibilities to the Lord were easy. Being a Christian, if you've not figured it out yet, is going to be hard. You are going to make hard decisions, face difficult situations. Be strong. Fight temptations. Be strong against the enemy's attack in your life. David's second instruction to Solomon is show yourself a man. As we just read in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians to act like men. In our current society, if I were to say to another gent, hey, act like a man, man up, it means something totally different today versus when Paul wrote this. This was not meant to degrade someone, nor was it meant as a political statement or a gender separation comment implying not to act like a woman, but rather what was being Communicated what was being said was to act like a man, like an adult, and not to act childish like a child. Paul expands on this further in 1 Corinthians 14 20. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking, be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. And another reference in Ephesians 4 11 to 14. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. For the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. There is that, so that, that Hena clause once more. God gave to us those that equip us so that we no longer are no longer tossed around by those that would have us like a child and not a spiritually mature adult. David is calling for his son to show spiritual maturity. Be strong in the Lord. Act like a man. Jesus is calling us into spiritual maturity. Be strong in the Lord. Act like an adult. David also instructed Solomon to keep the charge of the Lord your God to obey your God. Another way to say this would be, be faithful to keep your calling from the Lord. David says to Solomon, walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses. He's instructing Solomon to have an intimate knowledge of God's word, to know everything about his Lord. David's charge was to know his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies. Each of these terms come from the law of Moses in Deuteronomy. He was intent on what he said to be absolutely clear that Solomon should live his life by every word that comes from God. He is telling Solomon to eat, to drink, and breathe God's word. We too need to eat and drink and breathe God's Word. It is our charge to walk worthy of God's calling for our lives. So God's Word must be the guide in our life for all that we do. Everybody still with me? Amen? Awesome. How do we let God's Word guide our lives? Just a few examples. The Bible teaches us to join physical strength to patience and gentleness so that rather than striking out in anger, we use this power to protect the weak. In God's word, we learn to bring our sexual desires under the control of the Holy Spirit rather than satisfying our own lusts. The Bible teaches us to serve God in our daily calling so that our work brings honor to Jesus and not to ourselves. We also learn that our wealth can advance the kingdom of God rather than building our own kingdom for our own purposes. In James 5... 16, we learn to confess our sins to one another and to pray for each other so that we may be healed. What was that? That was a so that. That was a Hena clause. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing at Set Free, so that we may be healed. The best and only way to avoid wasting our lives is to base everything we do on the Word of God. God's Word must be the guide in our life for all that we do. So just a quick note, uh, if you've not signed up, I know there's been a lot of talk about it this morning, but I want to stress, sign up for Set Free. If you're not entirely sure about it, let me encourage you to do so. Bell and I, we've both been to uh, Steinbeck, as well as here, here in Chapel with Set Free, and can tell you that if you come and you participate with an open heart, God will do amazing things and bring healing and strengthening to you. Now, we often hear that personally inviting someone is the most powerful means of having someone accept an invitation. So this morning, I am personally inviting everyone. And if you're unable to work the, the $15 into your weekly budget, Bell and I, we totally get that. And so we talked about it, and we would like to cover that for you if that's an issue. Uh, when you sign up, just let whomever knows at the desk, tell them d b got you covered. Why would we do this? We would do this so that you can experience the same... You see how I did that? Good. So that you can experience the same blessing of being set free from bondage as we have been. Just as financial peace has changed many lives in our church at how to handle money God's way, set free will change your life by following God's word and putting into practice what his word says we need to do when it comes to our spiritual lives. So back to the message. God's word must be the guide in our life for all that we do. The question is, do you live by your rules and your ways, or do you live by God's rules and God's ways? And speaking of God's ways, returning to the Hena Clause from 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4, do this so that you may prosper in all you do, and so on. David tells Solomon to look at what God has promised there are great rewards in following the ways of the Lord. And the same apply to you and I. In Philippians 4.19, God's word says, and my God will meet some of my needs. No, no, no. no. It, should be, it should be much louder than that. God, No, the God's word says it will meet all of my needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That word all in the Greek, what that word really means is, um, Caleb, can you help me out? that slide? Oh, that's what it means, right? It means all. There's, there's no <laughs> other definition. It just means all. God has what you are seeking. God provides what you truly need. When we live for God's kingdom, we receive the blessings of God according to his word. If we seek first his kingdom And his righteousness. When we follow his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, we will prosper according to the word of God. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says, Keep this book of the law hours on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 25, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Now this does not mean that we will never suffer, but it does mean that when we live in obedience to God's word, we will experience God's blessing. Blessing in relationship, uh, relationships, for God's word teaches us how to love. Blessings in our home, for God's word teaches us how to grow family. Blessing in our calling, for God's word teaches us how to work and pursue excellence. Whether or not we have those specific blessings, we will be blessed spiritually. Obeying God's word will help us live like Jesus, love like Jesus, and lead others to Jesus for the glory of God. This morning's message, we're talking about following advice. Have you ever been given advice by someone that had your best interest in mind and neglected to follow the advice? I have so many times in my life, and I've come to conclude that as we age, we gain a new level of respect for those that have already been there and done that ahead of us. When I was a young boy, I was that boy that Mark Twain spoke of. As a boy, I think I was around 12 or so, uh, I was in the garage with my dad. We were doing a welding project together. And I learned many years prior to that never to look at the welding flashes because it would cause your eyes to be in a lot of pain. And when it comes to pain, I'm a very quick learner. Uh, after dad was finished uh, welding, there was always cleanup to do. And so I thought it would be very helpful and tidy up for him. He advised me to let him sweep up first. I thought I would help by picking up the larger pieces of metal. And so when metal, hey, <laughs> you're already getting ahead of me. <laughs> I, when metal's been welded, and it, it, it may not look like it's hot, but if it's been welded and it's not glowing, it could still be very hot. And so I picked up some metal pieces, and with my bare hands, of course, all of a sudden I picked it up, and it had been superheated, and my hand clenched this metal, and smoke was rising from my hand. My eyes bulged. I wanted to let go, but my hand wouldn't listen. It was just smoking there. And uh, my dad's seeing this, and my hand is smoking, and he's watching. And he saw, saw me finally drop this piece of metal, and he asked me if it was heavy. <laughs> so I should have listened to his advice. I cannot count or recall how many times I have heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me. That still, small voice prompting me, leading me, guiding me pointing me to God's word, to holy advice, and God's commandments. And I made a decision to disregard completely and do things my way. I know I'm not alone in here. I'm not going to talk about those sinful decisions that I made in my life. But what I will tell you this is I know that I'm loved by God. Because his word says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, that the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And I've been through several seasons of discipline and you know, want to know what? God loves you too, so we all get to be disciplined together. <laughs> no amens. <laughs> As a father, my desire in raising our three children was that they would not repeat the same mistakes, poor decisions, bad calls. You know what? We'll call it what it really is, sin in their lives, sin against God. To be more specific, I did not want to see them cause the same hurt and pain and shame that I caused. To myself and others. So, as a loving father, when they were mature enough to understand, I explained to them my past and explained to them the hurt that I had caused to others, to myself, to God, and advised them in several ways how to lead their lives in a better way than I did. And that is exactly what Solomon's dad, David, was doing for his son. His advice to Solomon was also tied directly to a promise that God had given to King David. If Solomon obeyed his advice, then David's throne would be established forever. In Psalm uh, chapter one thirty-two, verses eleven to twelve, says, "The Lord swore an oath to David, a sure oath; he will not revoke. One of your own descendants I will place on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and the statutes I teach them, then their sons will sit on your throne forever and ever." And in Second Samuel chapter seven, verses verse sixteen. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Even having that all before him, David was unable to obey God's laws fully and completely. And after David's death, Solomon, while he embraced the advice given to him, eventually Solomon sinned against God as well. The same is true of every king in Israel. They failed to walk in God's ways. And by an act of God's grace, because of David's repentant heart, God honored his promise to David. And through the lineage of David, his bloodline, there was one and only one that was able to know God's statutes, God's commandments, God's rules, and God's testimonies fully and completely, and abide by them. With the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God kept his promise to David and established a son of David on the kingdom throne forever. Jesus was the only son of David who didn't waste his life. He was faithful to keeping all the statutes, all the rules, all the commandments, and all the testimonies of God's law. So as the only one that was able to do that, we find in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, when Jesus was asked of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus answered in verses 30 and 31. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And in John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus said, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this or so that, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. He was able to speak this as he was the only one to have kept them all. What is this love that Jesus was speaking of? Andrew Garland read to us at our annual meeting last week from 1 Corinthians 13. And I love how God just works through the whole message and shared that this morning as well. And it resonated in my spirit when I was preparing today's message. So this chapter tells us exactly what Jesus commanded us to do in great detail. I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease Even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Being a follower of Christ is not an easy path to walk, and you will stumble, you will fall, you will trip along the way. That I can attest to. And if you've been a follower for more than a day, I'm sure you can as well. But the reward of God's blessing, according to His Word, when we walk in obedience, when we follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, when we seek first his kingdom and righteousness, the blessing that God the Father is waiting to give to you is immeasurable and more than we can ever imagine. By obeying God, we gain freedom from the curses of the world, which are hate, jealousy, addictions, confusion, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, selfishness, and many, many more. By following Jesus and his ways, those are removed and replaced with love Joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. As we grow and mature in Christ, as we become and act like adults in our faith, we begin to think not only of ourselves, but we think of others. And that is becoming more like Jesus. It is a joy when we serve others, what we can do to give to others, how we can be a part of them growing into adults in the faith as well. This is what I would define as real success, true success, authentic success. Someone can have all the power, money, popularity, success as defined by the world, but if their soul is empty and filled with hate, jealousy, addictions, confusion, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, selfishness, then worldly success is real, true, and authentic failure. Worship team, could you please join me prayer team as well. As we close, um, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, it states, What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Can you hear the heart of a father, of a mother in that verse to their child? If you have children... If you have nieces and nephews, if you know a child or you know of a child, and there was something in your life that you did that that caused you great pain and shame, would you not desire to let that child know what not to do, but more importantly, what to do in order to live a life that brings honor and glory to God and blessings to their life? That's exactly what we've been talking about here today. David with Solomon and God the Father with each and every one of us. If we allow God's word to speak to us, if we follow the ways of our Lord Jesus, we have everything we need to live an abundant life. God's word, if you receive it, the word of God will make you strong. It will help you become a mature adult in your faith in Christ the Lord. God's word will keep you from wasting your life. We're all given free will to choose. What will we choose to treasure? Will we choose to live a life of faith? Will we choose to be faithful to keep to our calling from the Lord? Will we choose to trust and obey God's word? Will we choose to make God's word be the guide in our life for all that we do? We only have one life to live, so don't waste it by living for yourself. When you can use your life, an abundant life, instead for the glory of God this was the wisdom that king david gave to his son solomon and this is the message to all of us today let's pray father god thank you for the gift of your word and that you know exactly what we need to hear and when we need to hear it i pray and ask that the words that have been spoken today will take root in our hearts, and that we would seek first your kingdom and righteousness, and that we would make wise choices to live a life of faith and to trust and obey your holy word in all that we do. Even when we stumble, trip, or fall in our walk, when we sin against you, you are there waiting for a repentant heart, Always ready to restore us, to give us a new start, ready to guide us into correction and direct us back to following your leading in our lives through your word and your holy spirit the altars here this morning for anyone that has need for prayer we all have need so every one of us should be stepping forward and i get it though we as a people we don't like to have all eyes on us when we want to do something so private I want to encourage you this morning that if you're being prompted to come forward for prayer, if there's something that's spoken to you this morning, or to come with a repentant heart, or to come and praise God for his blessings in your life, for whatever reason you're being prompted, I would encourage you to do so to receive what God has for you, what he is waiting to do in your life. Do not let this moment pass or fade. If you need a brother or sister to come with you, tap them on the shoulder. And if you are tapped, would you walk together to the altar or take a seat where you are and pray together? We need to remember we never were meant to do life alone. God designed us to be in community, in common unity with one another. We do life together. I want to encourage all of us to press in for what God has ready to do in our lives. The altar is open as we worship, and we will be open after we conclude. Lord Jesus, we are here this morning with open hearts and ask you do open heart surgery on each one of us as we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church but also an open doorway for you to enter into our community. Our Sunday services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. Please remember to visit huronchapel.com for more information about our church.